Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Karen Silvius, and she's a business owner and she dubs herself as a seasoned bookkeeper, which is one of the first uh, guests talking about bookkeeping. And I'm really excited about hearing about the entrepreneurship aspect of it. And she's going to be talking about structuring a business, investment tracking, uh, creative ways to track investments, and how to become more profitable in business. So, Karen, welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I know we had connected through Podmatch. And so, you know, tell people about your story, your background, and how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a long one, but I uh, became a bookkeeper when I was probably 18 or 19 years old. I've um, been doing it over 15 years now. Um, started out a small, a small mom and pop shop for about seven years, I want to say. And then I moved to a multi-million dollar corporation that resold 3D CAD software. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called SolidWorks. Um, and then 3D engineering, like printing stuff. So yeah. I worked with them and I helped them in their accounting department and their sales department. Um, got involved in that. I was there for about four years and then I quit and went to work with my husband who's in real estate yeah. and just naturally fell back into bookkeeping. I got my license as a realtor, but um, I only did behind the scenes stuff. I like contracts, you know, my brain. Uh, yeah, that's what catapulted me into opening my own firm. Yeah, interesting. And I've really... Um... You know, uh, most people that I've talked to, um, they dub themselves as accountants. But um, what's interesting is you call yourself a bookkeeper. I mean, what's the mm-hmm. rationale? I'm just when I hear bookkeeper, I think of a librarian or but I'm just <laughs> I'm just that's awesome. You know. <laughs> so um, I'm not a licensed CPA. So a CPA and accountant, um, they're licensed for it. Um, certified public accountant. I'm just a bookkeeper. So like, I'm not one that I like to claim that I'm a tax professional. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know the IRS code in and out, but I have tax professionals that I partner with in my firm, Mm -hmm. um, as well as other CPAs that I work closely with. My role really is I organize the business. So all of your income and all of your expenses, they tell a story to your business. So they kind of tell you what you typically spend your money on and where you can kind of cut some of the fat from your expenses if you're having slower months compared to your your normal busy months. Um, so that's my job. I'm, I'm the one that's like your right-hand person to tell you, hey, you're overspending in this area. Whereas the accountant's the one who's more like, 
trying to look up how to go around tax codes and really save you money on taxes every year. I see. I see. Interesting. And um, one thing, uh, so one thing is talking about this. So this basically a skill, and then basically you're kind of um, you can apply it to different industries, which is looks like yeah. you're you've, you've been successful at. So one thing is, you know, from a bookkeeper standpoint, one thing is, uh, what are the biz- some of the biggest struggles business owners have? Oh my gosh, not being involved in their business, like not being involved in their finances. You know, my job is not sexy. It's not a fun like job. People aren't like super pumped to go look at their numbers all the time like I am. So I think that's one of their biggest downfalls. They just go about their day-to-day stuff, whatever they're doing. If they're doing repair, auto repair, they just go about repairing the the autos and the cars and whatnot, you know, and they don't focus on the income that's actually coming in compared to the income that's going out, right? And so my job is to kind of make it a little bit fun. And each of my clients is a little bit different, right? Some of them are very like, I just want the numbers. Just tell me what I'm doing. And then some of them want me to like fluff it up a little bit and kind of make it interesting so they're not falling asleep. You know? So that's that's probably my biggest thing is people aren't paying attention to what their numbers are saying. Uh-huh. Right now as a real estate, because my, my niche is real estate um, people. So anybody in that, that realm, right? Uh, realtors, transaction coordinators, inspectors, property managers, that kind of stuff. Real estate, if you know, if you follow the trends, it's really down right now because interest rates are super high. And so business just isn't moving a lot for them. You know, they're not, it's not like it was in 2020 and 2021, right? Where it was like, they were just skyrocketing. So they're really watching their numbers right now. They're really learning what they're spending their money on. They're really leaning on me to tell them, hey, you're overspending in going out and eating or, you know, buying client gifts at the end of the day or whatever the case is, they're dues and subscriptions. They've got way too many softwares, you know, you need to cut Adobe out, (laughs) you know, save some money. So I would say that's their biggest pitfall right now is really watching their numbers. Yeah. And um, one thing, yeah, one thing is uh, talking about is which, which you brought to mind was, um, most business owners, they basically, let's say, you know, they bring in 1 million in revenue and mm-hmm. it comes to, and basically they, they get caught up between this idea of cash flow and probability. And, you know, even though they say a business is making a million dollars or more a year at the end of the year, they're broke or they can't pay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what, what is that? What is that from? What's, what's going on there? Well, it's different for everybody's needs, right? Like it, I, I can't really answer that fully, um, but a lot of the times people just see the money in their bank account and think that's what they can spend, right? And sometimes that's not always true. If you don't have a budget put together and you you don't know what you typically spend your money on, then your money could be already allocated somewhere else. And so even though you have this money in your account physically for you to use, you know, like you said, you have a million dollars over here, but let's just say 500,000 of it is going to do some subscriptions and you go and buy $750,000 worth of new equipment for your business, right? Well, you just overspent by 250,000 just because you saw the money sitting there doesn't mean it's there for you to use, yeah. you know? So it's, it's always wise to cash flow and project and kind of see what the last three months trends were to kind of see what the next three months are going to look like so that you can properly plan for those big purchases and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's quite yeah. interesting because uh, one common thing is, uh, you know, I hear commonly from guests and others is, uh, oh, my business was profitable, you know, oh, my business was profitable, but then they're like, oh, we can't pay this, you know, always, you know, there were this vendors paying us late and, you know, all these mm -hmm. cash flow or like, you know, just like business owners, they, you know, like basically they can't pay themselves and basically working in the business for free and all yeah. of that. Uh, you talk about also the importance of structuring a business in terms of, I, I presume you mean like an LLC or like, a, why is structuring a business crucial to creating security for you personally? You yeah. know, I'm just here to hear your insights. Yeah. So depending again on, on the company's needs, like um, I actually have a neighbor next to me that was, was just randomly talking to me about his business. He set it up as a sole proprietor. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but he also works on automotives. And if he were to get sued because he didn't fix it properly, it's tied to him and his personal stuff. So anything that is his, his home, his car, they can go after all those assets that he currently owns, you know? So I'm always telling people the best thing to do is to create an LLC for yourself. And that way it protects your personal assets from ever being caught in a lawsuit, right? Um, so if your company gets sued for errors in emissions or whatever um, for your business, then, you know, they're only coming after, the, after those business assets and not your personal stuff. Um, like myself, I'm actually just talking to my husband. I haven't worked too much into this, so I'm kind of excited. But my husband and I own probably about four different businesses together. And we have like an umbrella company. But I want that company earns income. I want to get a holding company and have that holding company own assets to each of my other companies. And that is just another added security feature for myself. That holding company will not earn income. It won't have expenses. It's just earning st or holding stock in each of our companies. And that way, if anybody comes and sues us, they're really going to have to try to go down all these layers of protection before they can get to me. Yeah. And yeah. there's also, there's also this question of a Nevada I've always um always, again this is not legal advice but um there's yeah. always this Delaware versus Nevada yeah. kind of talk about that. So I'm looking into <laughs> Delaware and Nevada myself currently because I've always been told Wyoming is the best place to go. And Wyoming's really good because you can file all your stuff through a third party so it's not tied to your personal name uh -huh. so there's no trace back to yourself which i always thought that's very interesting i'm 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 still digging into it but i'm like i'm wondering why that would be important because your other businesses are all tied to you so why having that other third party that's not tied to you why is that important so i don't you know that's a good question i'm i'm still learning that part so i'll we'll have to have another one of these after i finish learning and we'll have to dive into it more yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's quite interesting yeah so then uh the other question is okay so um talk about the importance of having more than one business bank account you know i I kind of diversify. I try to avoid concentration risk, but um, you yes. know, talk to the business owners about that. Yep. So each of my businesses have at least four different bank accounts and that's not credit cards. So I have credit cards for my other businesses too, but I have four different ones and I have um, 
an expense account, an income account, an investment or an emergency fund account, and then a tax account. And I funnel money through each one of those accounts. Um, and then I only have the expense account is the only one that's tied to any kind of checks or debit cards. It's the only one I have. The rest of them are savings accounts. I typically like to put them in high yield savings accounts. And then that way I'm earning interest on all three of those accounts as they sit, you know, for my emergency fund or for my taxes or whatnot. And my income goes straight into there and it just kind of sits and earns money and works for me passively. I mean, it's not much, right? Like, what is it? Yeah, my account has a 4% on it. So it's not very much, you know, a few hundred dollars maybe a month is what I get in there. But it's, you know, it works for me. But it's important too, because then I know it seems like a lot more work, you know, accounting wise, because you have to track all those different accounts. But really, it's broken down into specific categories accounting wise, you know, income is income and expenses are expenses and taxes are taxes. And then you just have a savings account. So it just yeah. makes it so much easier. Yeah. I think what you're describing is uh, this great book called uh, For Profit First. And it's basically talking about what you're describing is basically when yep. the, there's when quite the, a few books out like that. Uh, that way, that's a good book. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you've you've read it. Uh, those that will be in the link in the show notes. Yeah. That's a good one. one in cash flow is another good one. And it yeah. kind of touches a little bit on that in cash flow. Um, Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. I love, I love Robert's stuff. And uh, that's yeah. how I got my financial freedom journey. You talk about what are some ways a business owner can become more profitable. So describe that. Oh, man, that's a good one. So again, it kind of ties back to watching your profit and loss, right? If you are overspending in your small company, right? A lot of small companies tend to go after their software, right? They have to have their CRM that costs a few hundred dollars, you know, a year or whatever. Their dues and subscriptions, like getting Adobe, Canva, Illustrate, marketing expenses. A lot of entrepreneurs um, will go and buy ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, all that stuff. And until you're really bringing in income, like, and I mean, good income, five to $10,000 a month, I always tell people like, watch your spending, spend as little as you humanly possibly can. And that way you can build that profit and compound it month after month after month. And you're putting a certain percentage of it into your, you know, the emergency fund account that you set up and you're yeah. just stockpiling it. And then that way next year or the year after, or however many years, I, I usually say two years, typically in two years, then you can just go hard and get all those marketing ads out there. And that's just going to build your profit up more and more and more. And it's just going to be this domino effect, you yeah. know? Yeah, I love that really kind of um, bootstrap it. And uh, like um, in most entrepreneurs I've been talking to, they basically said, watch your expenses, especially in like bear markets, downturns. That's kind yeah. of like your, how much mm -hmm. you spend is kind of indicative of how long you'll, you'll survive. Yes. Um, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, really interesting. I really enjoyed talking. Uh, there's other questions is um, but one thing is talking, having a bookkeeper for real estate. So um, in differences between a bookkeeper and a property manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so I, I have a lot of clients that have investment properties as real estate agents themselves. They'll have probably 9, 10, 15 properties themselves, and they'll have a property manager, 
But they're always asking me like, well, if I have my property manager who is making sure the property is cleaned, making sure any fixes need to be fixed on it, and then they're tracking all the income on it, what is the point of having you? And it's always a good question because before they got that property manager, I guarantee they rehabbed that entire property. They also had the entire purchase of the property that they need to count as an asset that they have a, a scheduled depreciation on, right? So that they, it'll help their taxes at the end of the year. And then on top of that, I'm making sure that your bank account is set up for you. So I'm reconciling everything. I'm making sure to catch anything that's not there that you didn't know was there or whatnot. It's not just that I'm tracking your property. I'm tracking your business. So you have those properties, but I guarantee you're spending money outside of those properties too, that you're going to want to write off at the end of the year. So it is important to have both the property manager and the bookkeeper. Most of the time I have a relationship with your property manager. And so we'll work together to make sure everything's cohesive for your business. I really enjoyed this talk. Um, how can people contact you, follow you, jump you on social media, et cetera. Yeah. So my website is Olive Branch. You go on there, you can schedule a meeting. We have free consultations. They're an hour long, so we can talk about your business. Um, you can ask me any kind of questions that maybe, even if you're not ready to be a client yet, right? Like that might scare you first off, right? But if you want to talk to me and kind of pick my brain and see what we can, you know, tweak for your business, feel free to call me. We'll set something up and um, I can help you out. And then uh, we're on Facebook as well. Olive Branch Bookkeeping Inc. is my Facebook. Um, you can reach out to me. And then we are releasing blogs currently on my website and on YouTube. We'll have videos up soon too. Awesome. And for awesome. all the audience out there, the let's thank Karen for coming on to the show and dropping nuggets and wisdom. And all of her resources her will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.